this is Deanna from Sincere Engineer, and you're listening to the Hood Rat Recap Podcast. The guys are feeling good about their liquor run. The girls are kind of flirting with the setting sun. We got bored. So we started a podcast about the best bar band in the land, man. This is the Hood Rat Recap, and we are back. We are your steady stream of the unified scene, all the news and reviews of the band that we love, you love. And if Tad side's the rad side, would that make Gale inside the whale inside? I'm just asking questions here, folks. I don't know. Um, hello, everybody. This is stage right mike on the mic and i can talk hold steady all night and when i like to talk hold steady heavy i throw up the rat signal and the hood rat pack has assembled and as always we start with the unified scenes very own king of queens gasper gasper how are you doing today i'm doing pretty good man but you know what i've been trying to get people to call me art vandalay art vandalay yeah art vandalay <laughs> Ooh, I'm af- afraid to ask, but why is that, Gasper? Well, because I've always wanted to be an importer and, and exporter. And how is that working out for you? <laughs> Not very good. Not very good at all. People keep calling me, can't stand you. <laughs> can't stand you. Can't stand you. Can't stand you. I can't stand these jokes. I'd like to export you right off this podcast. Oh my god! That's for so, five so there's a, they're going to get that joke. Yeah. yeah. In fairness, that's a little inside baseball, which we'll we'll explain a little later on. But man, I, I just have to say apologies to everybody who had to hear this. But go ahead, do my intro. <laughs> and that's the sound of our uh, third mic and our producer, Kevin. Is whenever. Kevin, how you doing, man? I mean, I was doing great right up until that Freddie Knuckles, I will tell you that. That might be your worst one yet. And when I think you can't get worse, you do. And for anybody listening at home that thinks, like, we know these in advance, that reaction of mine is 200% authentic. So we can all cringe together. <laughs> well, I took a vote when uh, – so so the reason that was a little inside baseball is we uh, – Beth and Kat and Heather and I during our uh, Massive Nights weekend went on a Seinfeld tour in which we hit Tom's Diner and H&H Bagels and Grace Papaya and, of course, first and first, the Nexus of the Universe. Beth made these awesome – like uh, personalized T-shirts with each person with their own saying from Seinfeld. So we looked uber geeky. Um, and during our road trip, I took a vote to be like, hey, uh, how are the Freddie Knuckles being received? Are they, are they good? Should we nix them? And they unanimously agreed we should continue them, but mostly because they like to hear how you rag on me. So, <laughs> Well, I'm glad I could be the, the relief for all of our listeners that check it out. And, and honestly, we had such a good time, uh, which kind of segues perfectly into Massive Nights because uh, the three of us, the Hood Rat Recap, was able to get together for one show. Uh, we also did get to hang out with Beth and Kat and some other folks from the unified scene that we know. Unfortunately, Heather couldn't make it that night. But, uh, I mean, let's just kind of get into it. Massive Nights was pretty wild this year. I think we all kind of had different experiences. Massive. There you go. Well done. So, uh, 
you know, let's 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 kind of get into it. And and thanks everybody for making me be tortured with the Freddy Knuckles. I'm glad you love it because I'm gonna have a nightmare about it. But <laughs> my pain is your pleasure, and that's what we do here on the Hood Rat Recap Podcast. So yeah, man, uh, massive nights was indeed massive. Each of us went for different different nights. Basically, I was there all four nights. Kev, you were there for night two, I believe, right? I went night two, and I think Mike did night one and two. Yes. Yeah, Mike flew in for Mike for night one and two. Um, so, Mike, why don't you tell us a bit about um, how we started off Massive Nights? I shaved my head outside the airport on the way to the airport. <laughs> um, and then I had a little flight delay because Gasper was picking me up, and he had, he had to wait a little longer than normal. And then um, I did miss out on the Seinfeld, but I did get to go. You guys took me to the King and Queen's restaurant. What's that called? Cooper's? Or- oh, we went to uh, we went to Yerman's, yeah, which uh, they, they Yerman's. use Yerman's as a uh, – the front of Yerman's front. bar, which we used to be Cooper's back in the day, is the bar that they use for King and Queen's. Um, so yeah, so that was the only sightseeing I got to see. I had to miss the uh, Seinfeld thing. So my, I was in the pool T-shirt. I got just sat there unused. But um, <laughs> um, so yeah. Well, why don't night, we? Uh, why don't you guys just give us a little recap? I wasn't at night one, so why don't you just for those of us that didn't get there, how was it for you? Um, what stands out about it? That was amazing. So I mean, before we even really get into night one, it starts off with what the Hold Steady called this year first night, which was uh, the recording of Craig's podcast. That's how I remember it at the Wife Hotel, right across the uh, the street from the the venue. Yeah, that was great. Uh, we had Peter Shapiro, uh, Michael Han was the guest, and we should be hearing that podcast pretty soon. Now it was like, how many people do you think were sitting there? It seemed like we were in the second row. Um, it seemed like. Yeah, there was a pretty decent group. I think by the end, it was probably about 40, 50 people, um, give or take. And for those listeners that may not know what we look like, if you saw the Hold Steady's uh, Instagram the day for that event, there's a gentleman standing right at the start of the clip where they go to that podcast, and it happens to be our very own King of Queens, Gasper, because he was the first guy online that day. Right, because I'm super geeky and have to be a first in line to everything. <laughs> so, yeah, like Mike said, um, Peter Shapiro, uh, they had two guests basically on the podcast. Peter Shapiro was the first, and Michael Han, uh, author of the Gospel of the Hold Steady and Denim and Leather, um, and interviewed on our podcast, was the second guest. And I thought Peter Shapiro was really super interesting. I mean, um, didn't realize at 23 he opened, basically took over the wetlands, uh, which was a stomping grounds of mine as a kid. And um, that whole story was really amazing. We, I know, Mike, you started reading his book. I started reading his book as, as well. Um, yeah. The Music Never Stops, it's called. But he was a really interesting character. So that was a lot of fun. Got to see how, how Craig records the podcast and everything. Yeah. And I was glad to see a, uh, Peter Shapiro was a club owner. I thought we were going to get one of O.J. Simpson's lawyers there for a second. But. <laughs> Um, and then from there, we went to a dinner at uh, Brooklyn Bowl uh, with a couple of friendly friends and kicked off night one with uh, the opener, which is uh, Dina Bellos from Sincere Engineer. Uh, 
I thought she sounded really good live. Um, I mean, she was solo live. Um, she kind of had that whiny voice. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Weedus. Who, who does Teenage yeah. Derpy? That's that's Weedus, yeah. Weedus, Weedus. yeah. Who now has a holiday song called Christmas Dirtbag. So if you haven't heard that, you can check that out. They literally redid Teenage Dirtbag with holiday lyrics. Oh. It's called Christmas Dirtbag. That's hysterical. Perfect time of year for it. Mm-hmm. I thought she was great. I mean, like, so listening to her, just kind of getting familiar, because I'm not a super uh, big fan of hers. Um, I did find that the recordings were, like like you say, in that kind of whiny kind of like punk stuff. Um, but seeing her live, like what comes out of that small frame is like brutal, man. She's, <laughs> she's pretty awesome on stage. Um, and then it was also pretty cool. Franz uh, joined her for uh, California King, which I didn't realize he plays on, on the record. So that was, that was kind of fun seeing them play live together. Very cool. Very cool. And then we get into the hold steady. They walked out to its most wonderful time of the year. The Andy Williams. We decided song, yeah. last year mm-hmm. that's Andy Williams, right? Yeah, yes. it is Andy Williams. <laughs> we we it did get that time. right this year. I mean, Gasper's been saying that since the Massive Nights has started, that it's the most wonderful time of the year. So uh, they finally, I think he's, they've stolen his idea and now they just I, use it. I think they totally read my social media. I'm convinced of that. So, um, but yeah, they break into the first song. And what was the first The first song? two notes blew me away because I was, I was like, well, it sounds exactly like Oaks. Those two notes sound like Oaks. And, what did they play, Gasper? It was Oaks. It was pretty crazy. Like it, it's you don't expect to get that as an opener, and that kind of to me set a theme for the whole weekend. Is that like they were changing up the um, the set list in a lot of ways to be surprising. And he made a point of mentioning throughout the weekend seventy unique songs. Um, I think some people got under his skin on social media saying like, "Hey, you could change up the set list a little bit," which I think is unfair because I really do think they they do change up the set list, but you could tell there was a concerted effort on this massive nights for sure. And Michael Han was an audience too. I mean, he's been kind of vocal about that too. Yeah. Even in our podcast, he was very much talking about how he would like them to throw in some stuff that they don't always play and some of the deeper cuts. Uh, And I know when we get to night two, there's some we can definitely single out on that night. But um, what else was sort of the big standout moment for you guys on night one? So we got a kind of a trend for the whole weekend here where Sideways Skull, I think, was played three nights. Um, it seems like they're trying to work that in as a regular song now. We got Grand Junction um, 6, which was amazing. And then I think a song that really stands out because it's got more of a, a funk feel than the rest of them is Carlos is Crying. I think that it really sounds – that is at number 10 right in the middle of the set. And I think it really – sounds different than the rest of the songs. I think there's definitely something to that, that they're they're finding its place in the set because it was played in total counting the sound check that we'll talk about a little later three times the whole weekend. Um, for And for a song that people kind of were initially lukewarm on, I thought that was pretty cool that they, they threw it out there a few times. And I thought the response was pretty good to, to Carlos's Crying. Um, for me, one of the things that stood out is we got two songs off of these Teeth Dreams. So I feel like Teeth Dreams is getting a little bit vindicated. And actually, a little later on, we get a third. But uh, the same uh, same night they play Oaks, they also played The Only Thing, which is one of my favorite tracks off of that record. Me too. I was wearing my Charlemagne baseball jersey, and they played Charlemagne in sweatpants. So I wore the right <laughs> shirt, I guess. It's it like they saw your shirt and added it to the set list for you. Yeah. <laughs> 
You guys are in control. If you don't know, we are the puppet masters of the hold study. <laughs> so then getting to night two, uh, Kevin, this is the night that you went. Um, it, it is <laughs> I'm not going to ask you how what you thought of Cat Kirby. Because <laughs> I know what you thought uh, of Cat Kirby. I, I mean, I, I will say this. I think opening any show it, it is a difficult order, um, especially for a band like the Hold Steady, whose crowd is really there to see the Hold Steady. I think unless it's somebody who is in the universe, most people don't care. They were polite. Um, I wanted to like her. Uh, it just didn't work for me. There was just so many things about it. They were an interesting band. Uh, I'm not going to single anybody out. Um great voice she really did have a good voice um and then what she did do that was sort of interesting was to play to the hold steady crowd she did a mountain goats cover right at the yeah. end um no children which even she caught covered, yeah. yeah she covered no children and which even caught craig's attention because as we were watching the side of the stage he came down from the dressing room and was watching over the stairway rail while she played the mountain coats, like singing along. Then when the song was over, he went back upstairs to get ready for the show. So, and to her credit, there was people there waiting. She, uh, you know, she sold her wares and, and look, she's an interesting sound, not my personal favorite, but I do, you know, like I said, I give anybody credit that could get up in front of a hold steady crowd because the hold steady fans are there for the hold steady. I mean, even before we get to the, the, the show, we can, rewind to just getting to the show and our fun little adventure when we picked up Beth and Kat and we thought we were going to have room for five and it ended up being six and Mike came all the way from Minnesota to ride in the trunk for yes. a mile. <laughs> yeah. In fairness, you know, I have a Jeep Cherokee, so it wasn't really the trunk, but it was well, the cargo. Yeah, area. It, it was the hatchback. And we actually joked that we were going to try and record this podcast in the car as we were driving with him in the back to see because his, his acoustics were so good. But we unfortunately did not get that to work out. <laughs> yeah. I, growing up in Minnesota, I, I figured I always end up in a trunk in Brooklyn at some time, you know, watching all those. I've seen every Martin Scorsese movie, but. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty wild. And you don't have a kidnapping button, so if you ever get no, kidnapped that, that, and stuck, there's no next time if you're escape. ever kidnapped in his car, just punch the tail light out and wave frantically. That's what they tell you to do. <laughs> uh, but that was before we got to the show. We we had a very nice, it was great to see Beth and Cad uh, and their friend from West Virginia who joined us. That Chris, yeah, Chris, yeah. Um, and then we all went to dinner, which was nice. And then the show started and our take on cat Kirby. And then that afternoon, the whole world had learned that Sean McGowan of the Pogues had died. So it sort of became right. no surprise that they walked out to rainy day in Soho. Right. Which I thought was very cool. And then surprisingly, just not to get ahead of ourselves, walked off to fairy tale of New York, which has a bit of controversy to it. I was a little surprised they played it, but um, it was, it was very cool. To, to mm -hmm. People hung around for that and kind of uh, sang along and stuff. That was it was it was nice to see us send off like that. Getting into that set, uh, Kev, what did what did you think of night two? I actually loved that set. Uh, I will say, for as much as I've seen the Hold Steady, there were a couple of songs I couldn't remember hearing before. Uh, you know, things like Milk Crate Mosh. Uh, I don't remember seeing in any of the shows I've been to. I did see that um, 
they did play going on a hike from heaven is whenever which they hadn't played i guess in 11 years 12 years or whatever it is I don't know if I've I've never heard them play that song. So that was I amazing. think on set list at FM it said it was the first time they played it since 2011, and that was right after first night in the encore, and it was that was a very big surprise to hear. Right, even sketchy metal like you don't get that very often. Um, so it was it was cool to get that. Yeah. Those those were songs that like they pulled out for the 20th anniversary show. Um, so it was it was fun to have them in the set at, at Massive Nights, and it 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 kind of broke up the the set in a way that it, it was some surprises. It was it was exactly yeah. what we were looking for. I also personally like because of my of our take with Price of Progress, the fact to hear Sixers live was fun because it had mm-hmm. been a year like when they debuted it, and it was fun to hear it a year later where I had a chance to live with it, and it feels like it fits the set. I personally feel like Sixers fits better than almost Carlos is crying. I get. The end of Carlos, we talked about this a little bit before we recorded. Like, I get the end of Carlos is crying as a big sing along part for the show, and people are into that. But to me, it takes so long to get to that part that it's almost a bit of an arm folder. I saw some people going to get drinks. Like, it's not the, the hit you over the head, hold steady song like some of the other ones are. And then, interestingly enough, they didn't play it again in the set after that night. So, short of right. the listening party. So I don't know if that was part of the reaction. Cause I didn't think the reaction to that song when I saw it was overwhelming. And if I was a band on stage and saw it, I would feel like, ah, oh, okay, maybe we could shuffle that one. Right. Yeah. You know. The, uh, so it's funny you bring up Sixers cause Mike, uh, Mike from Roanoke had brought up, um, he wants to start a new confetti movement. Um, he, he wants the, that line, uh, you know, they start dancing. He says should be a confetti release. So <laughs> for those of you out there listening, if you'd like to join Mike Lochner, that, that might be the next confetti launch. <laughs> <laughs> Starting at song 15 was milk crate mosh in a constructive summer, your little hood rat sideways skull. Confusion in the Marketplace, Stay Positive, and Southtown Girls. That was the last six songs, so or seven right. songs. So that's pretty amazing. And did you guys see there was a mosh pit to Southtown Girls? Like that was I, weird. I did see it. That's what I was going <laughs> to talk about. There was a mosh pit. There was some twenty somethings. Um, Mister, he had a Philadelphia hat and a Spanish Love Songs concert T-shirt, and these guys had a whirlpool mosh pit going. I mean, at one point, yeah, it was Southtown Girls. I was in the fifteenth row, and then thirty seconds later, I was in the third row, and then twenty <laughs> seconds later, I was back in the twelfth row. So yeah, uh, it was a little whirlpool going on there. It was pretty surprising. Um, I thought they were very considerate, though. I mean, it was it was yeah, a, no, they were nice guys, nice guys, full on mosh pit going, yeah. There was a point when that all started, because again, we've talked about how somehow the Hold Steady fans always seem to congregate around my six inches that I get and then just jump on me. So there was a point that I got pushed about five rows back from you guys. And I think you guys even thought like, oh, Kevin did the bathroom trick and he's in the back by the bar, which I had (laughs) said I would be. But I did. I, I hung out the whole time. I was right there. And I will say, just to get to another part of the show, that was interesting and i'm sure we'll talk about it a few times is 
we did get state positive, which mosh pit Josh. And the last time I had seen it at last year's massive nights, he and knowledge who unfortunately is no longer with us, but a former guest right. had collided on the stage and then worked out how to not fall on the stage <laughs> when they just bump each other. So right. seeing Josh for the first time, do it without him in the Brooklyn ball was sort of a, a sort of, it, it just, it pulled at my heartstrings a little bit. Like they, they referenced him. But like seeing that moment, you know, yeah, you right. kind of missed it a little bit. It and did. They did, stand they did out. reference that there was a plaque hanging up over by the boards where knowledge you're standing. Yeah, they yeah. they did a good job of of acknowledging uh, knowledge and and how much he's missed. I think throughout the whole weekend, um, there was a few things that happened, and and we'll get to some of them later. But like you said, there was a plaque. Um, he mentioned him at the end of every, just about every show. During mm-hmm. the uh, the We Are All benediction, basically, um, mm-hmm. and they dedicated Family Farm to him on night two, right? Uh, it was, I think it was night two, or it might have even been no, night one. Might have been night one because Family Farm they didn't do night two. Yeah, I thought that was that was very cool, mm-hmm. very classy the whole weekend about knowledge, and he was missed there. I can also say during killer parties that came up when they were doing the introductions at the end. Which I don't know if he, they did any other nights, but at night two, Craig had a bag of confetti in his hand mm-hmm. and proceeded to throw confetti as he introduced each person in the band, which I'm not sure if they're trying to make that a moment now all of a sudden where we have to throw <laughs> confetti at the band members or if that was just Craig taking the moment to do it. I've seen him do that before. I mean, so I think that started where somebody just threw an extra bag of confetti at him and, and he kind of went with it. And now I've noticed that there seems to be a Craig bag of confetti every night. Um, <laughs> so sometimes he throws it, sometimes he doesn't, but he's he's getting into the fun. And that's actually a good segue to talk about a very peculiar thing that was going on, which we failed to mention started at the podcast. Um, so... We it got mentioned at the podcast. It also gets mentioned um, during night two. Uh, we are warned off about a fan named Steady Freddy, um, who he didn't want to talk negatively about, but was trying to start a splinter group to the the unified scene. Um, the uh, he was defenders the of the Guardians or something like that. It was like a weird yeah. name, um, and he seemed a little bothered by it, and and people started getting a little defensive for Craig. Like, like who is this Steady Freddy and, and why is he trying to splinter from the unified scene? And and it was kind of a thing, like, what's going on? Did, did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? And um, so so night two was the second time that Steady Freddy was mentioned. And as the weekend progresses, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But that that was a peculiar part of the weekend. There's usually one or two. There's some guys that get a little bit uptight. Some girls that got something to prove. We had some massive highs. We had some crushing lows. We had some lusty little crushes. We had those all ages hardcore madness shows. And I was down on my knees when the chaperone said that it was. So, guys, I, one of my favorite things. You know, of this weekend is meeting everybody. We met a ton of people, a ton of people coming up to us when we were, we're wearing our uh, hood rat pack shirts. We had a lot of people come up to talk to us, and here's what a few of them had to say. Hi, my name is Allison. I'm from California. And tonight's your first show? First show. I'm here for my friend Patrick's birthday. Awesome. Are you familiar with the band? 
Um, only like the last 48, 72 hours listening to some of their songs. So what do you think so far? I like them. They're really fun. They kind of remind me of the Menzingers. I think I may be pronouncing the band wrong. It awesome. vaguely reminds me of them. Yeah. Have a great show. Yeah, thank you. That was from night two where we had a lot of 20, I think she was a 20 something. There was a lot of younger crowd there. Yeah, there, there was there a lot was. of young kids at that show. It's, yeah. I, I, I mentioned on the Facebook group, it's because the bus wouldn't even stop here. And that's why there were so yeah, many kids. Yeah, kids of their own are having kids <laughs> at the shows. Yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of young people. And we would be remiss if we didn't, when we started talking about night two, we didn't talk about the fact that the three of us were wearing our Hood Rat Recap t-shirts. That's right. That we had custom made. And then we also had uh, some fans wear them too. Like Beth and Kat had them. And I know Heather mm-hmm. had them. And, uh, you know, they did get a lot of attention as Mike referenced that people did notice. They did come up, say they listened to the podcast. And it was great to meet a lot of those people while we were out and about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris from Richmond, Virginia. And uh, you said you've been to about 10 shows. What are you uh, looking to hear tonight? You know what? I'm looking to hear Bird Watchers. Finally. Ooh, finally. Good, good. I would love to hear that live. Excellent. I hope for Chris's sake he went to the 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 pre-show. Yeah, the soundcheck event on Friday because that's the only place I saw that that played. Yeah, it was was not played in the main set, but good pick. Hmm. Hi, my name's Dave. I'm from Long Island. What are you hoping to hear tonight? Hoping to hear Denver haircut. My name's Todd. I'm from outside Washington, D.C. All right. How many times do you think you've seen the whole study? This might be six times, at least third this year. (laughs) Oh, very nice. So is there any song you're looking to hear tonight? I'm hoping to hear all the songs over the next four nights. (laughs) Excellent. We'll we'll see what they do. (laughs) Excellent. Todd actually wound up hanging with us the whole weekend. Uh, that that was Todd. That we were we we went to dinner with Todd. We we hung out with him. He, he basically hung us with the, the whole show. So Todd Todd's a new friend of the show. I think we just met him out on the street outside the the yeah. podcast thing. Yeah. yeah, actually, right. We met him at the podcast. That's right. Uh, Christy and I'm from Greenpoint, Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. <laughs> have you been here all three nights so far? I have not. I always come Friday and Saturday. Cool. What was the best part of the show so far? Oh my God. Uh, my husband is the rare hold steady husband rather than a hold steady girlfriend or wife and they have played all three of his favorite songs awesome what what songs he loves open door policy and they did both family farm and heavy covenant and then they also did perdido which is his favorite from the new record awesome is there anything you're waiting to hear tonight or tomorrow uh, i haven't heard girls like status in a couple years that would be nice nice have a great show <laughs> yeah, you. you too my name's jared i'm from holland michigan what are you hoping to hear tonight I can hear any of it. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. If there's one song they've been playing that you haven't heard in a long time. I mean, Resurrection would be cool, but I could honestly hear any of it. Awesome. Yeah. Thank yeah, you yeah, very yeah, much. yeah. <laughs> I'm with Jared on that. That's that's always the song I'm looking to hear. That's the ringtone on my phone. Uh, we had to wait literally until the end of the show on the fourth night to hear that, but we did get it. They're always going to play it at the end of the show. I heard that somewhere before. You can't really play that anywhere else, right? Like that's got to be right before the wrong encore, or else I don't know. How do you co- how do you come out of how to, uh, Resurrection really feels into some other song? I just feel like that's your. I've heard them thanks. do that. Before. We'll see you later. Yeah, I've definitely heard them do that before. I don't think I've ever heard mm. them open a show with um with how Resurrection really feels. I always got to imagine that's got to be later in the set. I feel like there's no chance that's in the first hour and. 
20 minutes of a show. I'd be surprised. We're going to have to do a deep dive into, um, mm-hmm. into setlist.com and see. Which, by the way, while we're on this topic, which night was it that we got Positive Jam for the opening of the Encore? That would have been night uh, three. That was like another great example of how they were switching up the set list. We're like, I've never seen that before. That was That was pretty cool. And unexpected. My name's Tom. I'm from Kansas City. What are you hoping to hear tonight? I'd love to hear Arms and Hearts, and I'd love to hear magazines. Nice. I'm Patrick. Uh, I'm from New York. I grew up in Illinois, though. Nice. And tonight's your birthday? Tonight's my birthday. I'm 35. Nice. Happy birthday. Thank you. What are you hoping to hear tonight? That's. I really like Citrus. I mean, I think they play all the... I feel like I know what they're going to play, right? Like, do they... <laughs> Uh, Jason from Atlanta. What are you hoping to hear tonight? I I'd like to hear him do Hey Sapphire. Yeah. How many times have you seen him so far? Uh, I was here last night. I've seen him every time they played Atlanta. Uh, so I don't know how many times that is. <laughs> have a good show. Thank Thanks, you. man. <laughs> That's a good question, Kim. How many times would you say I've dragged you to see the whole city at this point? Uh, I don't a lot. I mean, I was thinking about it just in terms of, you know, because the same weekend that they were in town, Kiss was in town, and I'd seen some of these people that went to the final Kiss shows where it's like, I was at 120 Kiss shows. And I'm like, I feel like with the whole study, you've got to be in the 50s or 60s. Oh, I'm higher than that. I think if you just add Massive Nights up, it's eight years of Massive Nights, four nights. of. Uh, That's only 32. That's not over 32, 60. yeah. 32 and i was going to shows long before massive nights started plus you got to count all the other crazy stuff i've been doing well and that's what i'm saying so like when you look at it i've probably been to 20 hold steady shows uh, you know over the years which is a lot and so he's like not a rookie anymore now mike i'm not (laughs) mike how many hold steady shows do you think you've been to total I tried to count them. I think I'm at 30. Um, since I've been going to these, there there was a while, like two or three years ago, where I'd been to more Craig Finn solo shows just because he was mm. coming through Minneapolis like three, four times a year. But uh, yeah, I probably had 30 Hold Steady shows. Yeah. I feel like there was one massive night to you, you dragged me to all four. And then I realized my feet are not cut out for that like yours are. <laughs> and, I, and so then I just stopped going. But I do feel like there was definitely a four spot massive nights under my belt at least one of the eight yeah and you've been to stuff outside of massive nights outside of massive nights too right i've taken you to at the very least you went to the brooklyn vegan show Um, yeah and there's been a few and we went to boston so like i've been to a bunch but i will say this is the first massive nights that i could only make one usually i'm good for two or more but this was the Mm -hmm. first year that i could only have a schedule that allowed me to get to one. And, and I will say I, I got lucky looking at the set list and we'll get into the other ones in the shows, but I feel like that show that I got to go to Thursday night was probably the most perfect show for me. Cause it was a good balance of songs yeah. I hadn't heard and songs I really wanted to hear where some of the other sets, I feel like, all right, I probably in some incarnation have seen that show already where the night we went, I kind of felt like it was fresh for me. Right. I, I just that Brooklyn Vegan show stands out in my head because I at one point thought that was going to be my last hold my last hold study show and last concert ever because Jackson mm-hmm. was just about to be born and I'm like well this is it this is there's going to be no more shows but and we saw them in the rain at Pier case. 17 because that's always that's right. Mel's favorite show is that that's rainy right. show and Poncho's at Pier 17 I mean as I think about it 
I think 20 is probably a safe guess of how many Hold Steady shows I've been to. All right. Uh, Matt McCauley, I'm from New Jersey. And uh, how, now I'm, I heard a rumor this is your first show. My very first show, yes. All right, what, what song are you hoping to hear tonight? Uh, well, I don't know. I, uh, this might be a newbie thing to say, but Killer Parties? I, I think they might play that one. <laughs> all right. He's my favorite of all of them. <laughs> I, I love that guy. And we met him so randomly, just that that was the night we were all together. And and props to Matt. He was there sitting by himself going to the show, clearly his first show. And I've I've been I've him. been that guy before, yeah. I've been him, yeah. <laughs> and just as a music fan, there's nothing better. First off, Setlist FM has kind of changed the game for a lot of people because people do look up what they're gonna see before they go. So props to him, A, for not doing it, and B being surprised at the song that's kind of the official closer at this point of a hold steady show he was the most excited to see so hopefully he didn't leave early because then he'd be disappointed but otherwise (laughs) he did get the song he wanted (laughs) he yeah he was i mean he's kind of sums up the theme for this weekend i thought there was a lot of a lot of new listeners at the a lot of first timers at the show I think that's pretty amazing. They even asked a question too, uh, you know, because they did dedicate songs, you know, to people that had been there through the whole 20 years. But there were a lot of people that raised their hands when he kind of asked, who's this? Is this their first time? And, you know, for a band 20 years in to still win that many new fans and to turn over, that's that's impressive. And that's why they can work and live and, and be in the business model that they're in that's not the standard music business models because they don't just get fans they get diehards as you know we can attest but they're turning them over and it's not just us older guys going all the time they're getting these new fans that are want to be part of the scene and, and that's exciting for any band and and that was particularly noticeable on the night that you went. I mean, not to repeat ourselves again, but it was a very young crowd. And it left a lot of us thinking like, so where does a 20-something pick up the hold steady at this point? You know what I mean? A band that's been around for 20 years, they're not exactly readily available on radio and, and such, but um, I'm not really sure, to be honest. But it's it's very encouraging to see, and I'm glad it's going on. It it was definitely no, noticeable and palpable, and you could feel it. And, and even just, you know, there's now the bracelet part of the thing. The the whole steady concert experience is being coming a lot like almost going to see like a Rocky Horror Picture show in the movies because so much goes on, like <sighs> between confetti and you went to a show. There was a pinata, which we'll get to. Like right. they're doing shots. There's bracelet exchanges. It, it it's like. That two hours that you're at a show, it's way more than just standing there listening to music. So while you're bringing up the bracelets, we we have to acknowledge that is the brainchild of Kat from Vermont and Beth from Vermont and uh, Heather and uh, Kat from Jersey and Lizzie. And I'm sure a few others, but those are the ones I'm aware of. They um, they started this thing where they were putting song lyrics on bracelets and trading them like it was a, St- a Taylor Swift show. And it kind of caught some fire. Um I saw a lot of them out there, and I don't know if you saw, Mike, um, Steve had a post on it yeah. on his social media, and uh, Mosh Pit Josh actually sent the um, – so Heather made Hood Rat Recap bracelets among the other ones that she made, and so he was wearing his Hood Rat Recap one and posted on his Instagram and shouted us out, which, thank you, Josh. That was very cool. Um, I think it was something <laughs> like, uh, if if your daughter or you make me a bracelet, I'm going to wear it all weekend, and you know, the picture <laughs> of the bracelet, I thought that was cool. 
And uh, thank you, by the way, for Beth for being our uh, our spokesmodel for the bracelets in Mike's post. Yeah. That was uh, that was also very cool. <laughs> I would also say thanks to Beth because I got a Kevin is whenever official bracelet, and and I went to see Taylor Swift, and I got more bracelets at the Hold Steady show than I got at a Taylor Swift show. So <laughs> me too. Well, well done, gentlemen. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that that sticking around. That's a that's a fun little tradition. I, I saw people going to the Mountain Goats were doing it. So like, I think it's just been co opted from Taylor. Sorry, Taylor, but we're that's taking right. the thing. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Um, jump into sound check. Yeah, I mean, I really want to hear about the sound check because honestly, you got everything from Price of Progress except Flyover Halftime, which I know is Mike's favorite. But you basically <laughs> got the whole whole record in order. I think that legitimately got cut because they just got pressed for time um, between. So PJ Vlot, who's a podcaster, was the moderator and asked some questions, and he was he was good, but it was like we, he almost got lost in the mix. I thought because people were kind of excited to get the entire Price of Progress, you know, front to back, with the exception of Flyover Halftime, um, and that brought some some pretty cool moments as well as like I don't think Bird Watchers has ever been played live. Maybe during a record store thing. I don't. I, I can't remember I, if it was played during. I, I see. I, a, I see. It reference as a live debut, but I could be wrong. I mean, definitely live in a main show for sure. And yeah. so it was, it was. People were into it. It was honestly, people were more into it than Carlos is crying, which I found a little interesting because um, I do like the song, but I think Carlos is crying is better. Um, but it was. It was a good sound check. It was. It was a, I thought, a very good decision to do the whole record because they hadn't done that, um, and they've they've serviced the other records that way. Um, so it was nice to get it like that. And uh, we also got our third mention of this mysterious uh, Steady Freddy, uh, reinforcing that there's this crazy fan who's making this Splinter Group. And again, people are trying to figure out what's going on, and we're we're ready to kind of take up arms for Craig. And then we get night three. <laughs> Which is probably uh, going to be standout for the fact that's your first appearance of the Horn Steady. Uh, yeah, Night 3 was nights. a great night. Night 3 really was a great At First, I, I mean, I should mention, they had not announced who the opener was going to be. And so initially, there was a lot of speculation of, like, who's it going to be and people making their guesses. And the guesses ranged from, like, kind of almost out of reach bands to – bands we haven't seen in a long time to a lifter polar reunion. Um, all were great guesses and all would have been awesome. Um, but he had let slip during the podcast that uh, maybe manage expectations. It's, it's not as big of an announcement as you might think it's more to do with a, a work visa problem. Um, so that at least gave you the clue of it's somebody from outside the country. Um, and Heather actually uh, guessed that it could be PQ, 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 which I would have been just as happy to see because they're great. But my thought went right to Scott Levine. Going on. His bones, they weigh nothing, but his heart weighs a ton. 
It's strange what people do to get a little kick. Posted in the Facebook group on someone's, uh, like in the comment field of someone's comments. I'm like, please, universe, let it be Scott Levine. And when I walked in, Josh looked at me and he goes, You were right. (laughs) (laughs) And so we we got Scott Levine. I don't know if you've, like, are you guys familiar with him? Um, I loved him when he was the lead singer for Maroon 5. I didn't like him as much when he was on The Voice (laughs) as a judge. But so he's somebody that. that Adam Levine? No. That's Adam That's Levine. The other Levine. <laughs> this is his brother, so, Scott, who's more of a singer-songwriter. He's not really his brother, just so you know. Right. <laughs> He's someone that Craig had mentioned about a year or two ago, and I think it was during a solo tour that he played with him, and Mike got really into him and was like hyping his record, and so I went and listened to it. And it's really interesting. Kev, I don't know if it'll be your thing, um, but Mike, I think you, you should always say that. You make it sound like I'm so picky. He was, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. He was, he was telling, I was watching the live stream and he, he was telling the crowd to, to F off and he was wearing a wham yeah. t-shirt. So he's I mean, just an interesting So like guy, yeah. the best I could describe him and it's not really going to do it justice because it's not the same, but like the streets, if you're familiar with the streets, kind of like that singing, talking, oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. almost kind of Cockney ac- accent, uh, a little bit funny at times. Like sometimes you feel like it's comedy. Sometimes you feel like it's music. Very sto- storyteller. Um, if you haven't heard him, definitely go check him out. But he was amazing. And I was so ca- happy to catch him live. I would love to see him again, actually. Um, and a very nice guy. I, I thought he was very cool. And so then they walk out to Lido Shuffle, which has become an institution. Looking at the set list, it looks like you got some really cool, uh, you know, things like you got to dance with who you came to dance with. Was uh, yeah, interesting I mean, to hear that they played more, more songs that like again. What what stuck out for me is the stuff they don't play that much. The stuff you don't really get to hear, and you got to dance is definitely one of them. Uh, Perdido, I was kind of wishing Kev you were there because I know that's a favorite of yours. I love and, that one. Uh, uh, Modesto's not that sweet, which is a favorite of Mike's, and uh, Cheyenne Sunrise, which we'll talk a little oh, bit yeah. more about. But that was uh, also a, a, a standout for the set. It was a, it was a pretty solid set. I mean, they even played Chicago Seemed Tired last night. And didn't you guys say they didn't play that when you went to Chicago? <laughs> Oddly enough, wasn't that a glaring omission that when you went to the um, Chicago shows, they didn't play it? Did they, they? Yeah, played no, it they, one night, they I, did think. Play it. I think. They um, but I think he changed the lyrics to Chicago Seemed Wired last night. Uh, All right. Okay. The, right. Which well, <laughs> yeah. he does say in the song, but yeah. I think he changed it. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't calling For the, the crowd tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. During Cheyenne Sunrise, um, we we got the appearance of Steady Freddy, um, who is a confetti Yeti. <laughs> this guy in mm-hmm. a Yeti costume um, comes out, which uh, I have heard through the grapevine uh, with some authority that that was actually Scott Levine in the Yeti costume, uh, came out throwing confetti <laughs> during Cheyenne Sunrise. And so Craig launches into this tirade about this is the guy I've been telling you about with the Splinter Group is is that Steady Freddy the Confetti Yeti and and he's always throwing confetti at inappropriate times <laughs> and like so we find out that this has been a bit the whole weekend which was 
a little disarming at first, but people kind of came to love it because like he really did have everybody hooked. Everyone, like I said, was ready to kind of take up arms against this wayward old steady fan. And it was, a <laughs> I'll bit give the Craig credit. He, he went very Andy Kaufman <laughs> on the whole bit. Cause he started it out with the, uh, on before night one on the podcast you might be able to hear it on the podcast yeah. episode when it comes <laughs> out. And, um, and he, so he went pretty Andy Kaufman on the whole thing and kind of turned into like a wrestling yeah, story. And they line. did a good job of like, so he came out night three as the heel. I mean, people booed him and everything. <laughs> and then by night four, he gets his redemption arc and, and turns face. Um, so yeah, so we got this stage invasion from uh, Steady Freddy the Confetti Yeti. And uh, he got admonished for throwing confetti at inappropriate times by Craig. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And so that brings us to night four. Um, night four was an interesting one too, because we they've been getting on this kick of the cover band. Um, we've seen it a few times now. We've seen it with mm. I Get Wild. We've seen it with Nuns of Brixton in, in England. There's been others, but this was a all yes, that's the right, Smiths. the Smiths, which we didn't dig that one, right? That was mm-hmm. we were just lukewarm. Last year was the Smiths. I kept calling. So them these guys were real young and lazy horse, and they were an all Neil, Neil Young cover band. And I gotta say, they were pretty good. A um, lot of energy and good at what they do. Um, I, I'd almost call them a bit more of a tribute band than a than a cover band. But you know, played everything you wanted to hear and some stuff I I don't think I even knew by Neil Young. But they were they were really really good. And received well. And so then the band walks out to another institution at this point, Saturday Night Basically Rollers. And uh, we got another set list with some surprises, I thought. Mike, you got your death of a punchline. You did not get your um, yep. your Radar and Lita. Yeah, I didn't get any new songs. I thought we were going to get some brand well, new Well, I mean, death songs. of a punchline still considered, I think, still considered new. That's only ever been played at the, at the uh, record store performances which was kind of a scaled down version um they attribute it as the first time it was played at a brooklyn bowl but we got death of a punchline and we got a third teeth dream cell we got on with the business which is uh, another favorite and they pulled out hanover camera which i know heather was really excited about that's one of her favorite songs actually that's what it says on the back of her uh her hood rat recap t-shirt is uh, heather with the henna on her on her hands <laughs> Nice, but those were definitely some highlights for me. It was it was a great set. Did Saturday seem more crowded? Because usually it was packed. that night is always yeah. yeah. It was definitely packed. Friday and Saturday were both packed, and I, I think that's mm-hmm. um, pretty standard fare these days. Wednesday felt comfortable. Um, Thursday mm-hmm. yeah. probably would have felt a little more comfortable if it wasn't for the mosh pit. But the mosh pit, um, yeah, it was Thursday felt like a Friday because we got usually. Wednesday and Thursday, it's all faces you know, and then Friday and Saturday, it's like a party of people you don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. But this week, this year, I thought Thursday got some new faces in their mosh. Yeah. And <laughs> then for the last song, we we got the uh, the wrap up of the Steady Freddy storyline. Uh, Steady Freddy came out uh, for uh, Killer Parties, throwing confetti at the appropriate time, and uh, to cheers from the crowd. Um, it, it was like I said, his uh, heel to face moment. <laughs> which was was kind of fun. Um, people have kind of come to really like the uh, Steady Yeti. I don't think we'll we'll see him again. I think that was a one time bit. So uh, just a a little inside baseball. I I did go to uh, Lake Street 
And that was one of my key questions for Craig when I got to run into him. And I could give you a little bit of backstory about uh, where it comes from. It's actually the band having some fun um, making fun of us and the whole confetti thing. Um, not making fun, but just you know, kind of taking the piss out of us a little bit. Um, there is a thing amongst the fans that like you know people get mad if you throw confetti at the wrong time, like if you don't know the cues and stuff. And so they were kind of having a, a laugh at that, and that's where this idea came from. And uh, Craig says they they found this costume online for eighty bucks, and they were like, oh, we, we're gonna do the. <laughs> We're going to do the, the Yeti. And even the name of the Splinter Group uh, comes from, uh, I believe he said his partner, Angie, one of her friends was referencing the unified scene, but like didn't know what they call him. It's like, you know, you're defenders of the guardianship or whatever they are. <laughs> so that's that's the genesis <laughs> of the whole bit. And I, I thought it was pretty funny and, and well done. Nice. Um, and then they wrap that up with uh, with <laughs> at the end of Killer Parties, this uh, pinata appears, and it's the the infinity logo symbol hanging over Galen's head, and uh, Steve and Galen just proceeded to whack the hell out of it with their guitars and bass <laughs> until confetti <laughs> poured out of it. Wow. <laughs> Um, I mean, it just dropped confetti. It didn't even drop candy. That's a terrible no, pinata. Just, it was all opinion. confetti. It was a pretty heavy confetti weekend, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I myself brought five pounds of confetti with me, so mm-hmm. I contributed to that mess. Sorry, Brooklyn Bowl. <laughs> now, was that the night, too, that Peter Shapiro bought the whole place of shots? Yes. Was that so the- we should so- get into that. So before Killer Parties, um, and this was, again, like we said, they, it, it was a class act the whole weekend, talking about knowledge and remembering knowledge, and Peter Shapiro comes out and gives the speech about knowledge and how he'll be missed. And that before every set would do a shot of Grand Marnier. And the next thing you know, there's just people on staff with these cookie sheets of shots. And he bought the whole floor a shot to, to have one for knowledge, which was really impressive. I thought that was very cool. That's very um, cool. And so we did shots of Grand Marnier. <laughs> and I regretted doing shots the next day. <laughs> So what um, time did you get home from Lake Street? Oh, dude, it was like well after four. I was hurting. Um, one thing before we get off uh, this show, um, Mike, I kind of wish you were here for this moment because I've only ever heard about a moment similar to this. It was during one of the um, the first Hold Steady shows at back before it was Music Hall of Williamsburg when it was North 6. I wasn't there for this, but he talks about how they played Rosalita as like – not really walk off music, but like the last song of the night, and like everybody just stayed to dance, and so that happened again with um, the replacements. Can't hardly wait. Um, they they played that after they left the stage, and the whole place just you know it turned into a dance party. It was it was very mm. cool. It was like the end scene of a mm. movie. And I'm like, oh man, Mike should be here because I he would have really yeah. appreciated it. I thought, but it was fun. Yeah, I saw some clips of it. It looked amazing. Yeah. And uh, the only other thing I really have to mention that um, my drink for the whole weekend, and, and I'm hoping you all uh, were able to check it out too. I know you guys did a little bit with the Italia that was Landing. Um, that's uh, Talia Brewery is an all-female brewery in Brooklyn, and they made uh, Talia Landing, which I guess was to be taken with a tequila takeoff, although I did not do that because <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't drink tequila anymore. 
Um, but that was that was also very good. I don't always like the massive night beers. They usually tend to be IPAs, and I'm not a big fan of IPAs. But this was uh, this was a, a nice light. This was a nice pilsner. Yeah, it was a really good yeah. pilsner. And it was tasty. We drank it the whole night, and it was really. And the minute we got something else, because there was some other beer that they were putting in, we could taste it right away, and we. You got you got given a different beer that wasn't Italia Landing, and you're like, I can't drink this. And we had to. Yeah, it was like it. the <laughs> I forget what it was. It was a IPA. It was like a mm-hmm. I can't think of the name. It was like Voodoo Ranger or something like that. Mm-hmm. And oh, it was very <laughs> rough. So was was this Italia or Italia Landing? Italia. What was Italia? T A L E A. Italia Landing. So it's like Italia Shire. Okay. Mm. <laughs> sort of. No, no, it's cool. <laughs> No, I just have this dumb, this dumb skill. Um, I can name eight Talia Shire movies in ten seconds. All right, start the clock and oh. go. Rocky one, Rocky two, Rocky three, Rocky four, Rocky five, Godfather, Godfather two, Godfather three. Thank you, thank you. That's it. That's only eight. He said, said eight, eight in ten. Oh, seconds. I thought you said ten in ten seconds. I was a little. I was counting. I was like, he got short. So wait, is she not in Rocky Balboa? Is she only in Rocky five? No, she was supposed to be oh, dead for that one. Uh, Poor Talia Shai. That was her Talia landing. She was dead. <laughs> yeah. So that's our Talia landing story. So, Mike, before we wrap up our uh, our massive night's coverage, um, someone called into the speak pipe. I was very excited for you. <laughs> I told you people were going to use the speak machine. pipe. I called it in the text chat. <laughs> so... Chris from Richmond, who joined us for dinner on the, it was the first night he joined us, right? Was he the guy that took my? Yeah, spot was he too? Was, was he the guy we drove? Yes, that's right. He, okay, he was so that was night two. Right. He he was okay. why Mike so rode in the two. trunk. That's why I was in the trunk. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So let's uh, let's hear his uh, recap of the weekend. Hey guys, it's Chris in Richmond. First, wanted to give you all a shout out for letting me join you all and crash the dinner party at Broken Ball on Thursday. Great to get a chance to chat and get to know you guys a little bit. It's my first massive nights after attending two weekenders. We all love the music, obviously, but for me, the special part of this band is the fact that every time I go to a show, I feel like I make like five new friends, all the while with connecting with old ones. Special shout out to Kat and Beth for the friendship bracelets. Very cool that they were handing those out to everybody. The shows never get old, no matter how many times you hear Sequestered or Chips Ahoy or Stuck Between Stations. To me, one of the cool parts of these two nights that I got to watch was hearing the new stuff that I just wasn't familiar with when I played it earlier this year. Carlos was crying, Sideways Skulls, just certified bangers. It's clear the band has gotten tighter with playing songs off Price of Progress. Hoping for Birdwatchers in London. It's about time they get it out there. So here's to 4 a.m. Massive Nights in Greenpoint, and let's raise a toast to everyone in the unified scene. Signing off till London. Cheers, everyone. actually really well done that was a great call the best yeah. use i think that might be the best use of our speak pipe to date so thanks for that chris and, and it was great hanging with him like it, we, it really was fun having dinner and and it was really cool like because when we rolled up we didn't know we thought it was just beth and cat and then they ran into him and and you know that's right. kind of how the unified scene works it's just sort of 
That's the first time I've heard his voice from not inside the, <laughs> the, trunk, the trunk of the car, of the right? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Yeah, it's like, it sounds a little different. I'm glad this, this podcast is going to run about an hour or so. And like he wrapped the whole weekend up in nice, neat 60 seconds. He could have saved you all a lot of time. <laughs> I know. His speak pipe was longer than the car ride. And I, I know that. That is true. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I would bring up as we wrap this up, if anybody didn't see, um, just while we we're getting it out there, in case anyone was unaware but listens to this show, uh, the Hold Steady released the live at Music Hall of Williamsburg 20th anniversary show on Bandcamp. Yes, uh, that's so true. if you don't follow the band on Bandcamp, that live show audio is out. And I know I got it, and it was great to hear that show uh for everybody to kind of go back and revisit so if you haven't had a chance to revisit it go to the the whole studies band camp and it's there for you to check out yeah absolutely good stuff and and i think these last two nights are still available for streaming until the 11th maybe did they stream both nights was it friday and saturday they did add Saturday. I haven't listened. I'm going to go back and watch that one. I haven't saw that. That's so cool. I mean, it's that was one of the other things that that Craig kind of talked about is that like he's not a fan of doing the streaming, um, mostly because he wants to get people in the room, you know. And like he he kind of said like I, I don't want to reward. I hear that yeah. people for staying on their couch, um, but he did tell me uh, a quick shout out to Heather that it was uh, she was one of the people posted on social media that um you know the access is is awesome for people who can't make it to the shows and um that was one of the posts that convinced him to do it um plus i'm sure peter shapiro had a uh, a hand in that because i believe he does fans live <laughs> but um mm-hmm. it's great that they're doing that i i love that yeah. they do that i hope they continue it yeah i would love to see some of that stuff just packaged in a you know in a thing you can get and keep because while it's cool to have streaming like there's not a whole lot of live hold steady videos that like if you're just sitting around and you want to kind of relive a show to put on it's prime has some very old footage but you don't really have uh some recent content to watch that way so am i winning you over on this idea of a hold steady home video because this is something we've debated privately um, no because home videos are gone and dvds don't exist but if they put it out on streaming and i could buy it on apple tv for 20 bucks i would do that yeah absolutely Uh Well, there you go. Well, that's going to do it for us, I think. Uh, This was fun, and it was great just uh, for the recap and the Hood Rat Recap podcast to get together in person. Those rare moments don't happen, so it was fun to do it for the second night of Massive Nights, the three of us to get together. So if you like what you hear, give us a like, give us a follow. Uh, It was great to meet so many of you in person. We really do appreciate it. Uh, the support is really why we keep doing this and uh, we're going to have some more content coming your way soon. We're, we're always rethinking things and how we're going to do it. So if you have any ideas, give us a ring and let us know. And, and Mike, why don't you tell them how they could find us? Check us out on the socials. We're on all the socials. And if you want to leave us a message, you're going to say, I'll, I'll leave a link to speak pipe on the show notes. You can click on it and just leave us a voicemail. You'll hear yourself on the next episode. Yeah, man. Um, just like like Chris from Virginia did, it's he did a great job, and and we'd love to have you as well uh, on an episode in the future. So please do check that out. And if you're looking for the speak pipe or any of the socials or any of the episodes, uh, or a, just a jumping off point on how to get into what we're doing, it's our link tree. It's l i n k t r dot e e slash the hood rat recap. So please check us out there. 
And uh, just a couple of people I wanted to shout out real quick because it was great to see you guys live. And it's always great to see you. Uh, some of you become really good friends and some of you, it's just good to see you again. Uh, Beth uh, and Kat from Vermont, Todd from DC, our new friend, uh, David, Heather, Dallas, of course, we love you, man. Uh, Kat from Asbury, Mike from Roanoke, buddy. And I'm sure I'm leaving names off, but you guys are all the best. Yeah, you left me and Mike off. Well, because you're on the goddamn podcast, fuckos. Uh, (laughs) And congrats, Dallas, for your Texas Rangers winning the World Series. Congrats. I know he was repping the Rangers. Good to see that. That's got to hurt you as a (laughs) Mets You know what, though? Dallas is from Texas. Dallas is from Texas, and he's a Rangers fan. It was fine. I didn't mind. (laughs) I have my own Rangers love. Take us out. We'll week. We got to get out of here, but I'm Gasper, that's Kevin, that's Mike, and us guys, and all you guys and gals, we are all the Hood Rat Recap. Shout out to Knowledge Long. Knowledge. Guys, we for, we forgot our final guest. We have, you know, we've had Mosh Pit Josh, you know, but besides the band and Mosh Pit Josh, very few people have been on the stage with the Hold Steady, but we have one of them right here. So can you wheel his cage over? What are we doing? So we have, why don't you say his name, Gasper, since you're so good at it. <laughs> we have Steady Freddy the Confetti Yeti. <laughs> Welcome oh, to guy. the show. <laughs> Welcome to the show, confetti and uh, yeti <laughs> and what was it like being on the stage with them guys this was our worst guest intro ever <laughs> now d- did you always prematurely throw confetti freddy or or was this something specific massive night <laughs> and and have you learned your lesson This is so ridiculous. (laughs) And you know what, guys? I'm trying to take pictures of him, and they keep showing up blurry. It's like maybe he's like Bigfoot. Maybe he's blurry in real life. It's very hard to get a Yeti on film. It's very difficult. (laughs) It's always always blurry. I have two Yetis in my garage. They're just a cooler. It's not that big a deal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, do we have anything else for the confetti Yeti? My God. No, let's let's please. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Steady Freddy the Confetti Yeti. <laughs> <laughs>